Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of We Watch Shudder. It's another month, March 2024. I don't know what that has to do with anything except that it's the truth. My name is JD, and who's here with me? My name is Michelle, and one of us speaks only lies, and the other one speaks only truths. Oh and shit! I, well, I don't know which. I don't know March. which one I am. Well, we both spoke some truth, so I guess I already broke the universe because it is March. Uh, and if that statement that I said is true, then I cannot be the liar. But then I am the liar because one of us only speaks lies. Yeah, so. but but sort of the same thing because what I said was I don't know which one I am. So mm-hmm. if I'm a liar, I do know which one I am. But if I'm telling you the truth, you could truthfully say you don't know. I don't know. You you okay, might not yeah. know. You're the one who tells. <laughs> we should probably talk about movies and not riddles and shit, because clearly I don't know what I'm talking about, and I don't want to be embarrassed okay. any further. Michelle, what are we doing here? Well, questioning our existence. Yeah, um, that's, wondering that's pretty much why it. we're even here. What's the point? Um, but aside from that, we do watch Shutter movies. Yeah, and uh, some other movies sometimes. This is a movie this week that we're talking about that is not a Shudder movie, but it's available on Shudder just starting today, Beautiful Kismet. Michelle's been on me forever and a day to finally watch this one because uh, it's one that she, uh, I, I know, is, is uh, at least I believe, is, is pretty fond of. We've talked about it before. I'm going to feel real dumb if I've completely forgotten. But uh, Ghost Watch. Is what we're Ghost talking Watch. about. Michelle, tell these people what Ghost Watch is. You're the expert on Ghost Watch. Yeah, so it's from 1992. Um, I'm going to still have a spoiler. Riley, light, stop beating my sock. Section. Sorry, guys. I don't mean to. Uh, I forgot the microphone was in front of my face and the dog is trying to eat my st- my sock. Michelle, please go ahead. That's- way scarier than ghosts but ghost watch was something that aired on the bbc in 1992 and it pulled a whole uh war of the worlds thing where people did not know that it was a mockumentary and if you haven't seen it it's worth checking out i'm kind of half going into a review and i didn't even mean to do it but just watch it and then be like huh how would i have felt if i just stumbled across this in 1992 and not knowing that it uh, it was a mockumentary style thing, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, and I'm just gonna start off right away by saying 4.5. I love it. I love the concept. I think it's kind of uh, it's very funny to me that it it caused, but it's like a whole Blair Witch thing. Um, I love that. I miss the days when you could be uh, psychologically ruined by movies that you stumbled across on TV. So 4.5. Ghost watch. Ghostwatch, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a very early, uh, well, you know, definitely a, an early example of of mockumentary slash found footage horror. This isn't so much found footage as it is live as it happens footage. Uh, but uh, I definitely want to talk about this uh, more. Uh, it, uh, we'll talk about it as a movie, but I really want to talk about mm-hmm. that cultural impact sort of thing. Uh, because this aired the one time in the UK, and then they were never allowed to broadcast it again, uh, which I, I think is interesting in some ways and that that people would expect, but also is interesting in ways that uh, I don't know if it's just uh, uh, a matter of being 43 in 2024 when I saw it versus maybe being 12 years old in 1992. We'll talk about it more. Here's what I will tell you. Uh, it's ridiculous that this movie didn't get 
at, it, it didn't get nearly the talk that other movies got when Blair Witch hit and people immediately started talking about like, oh, well, this movie did this or, you know, they talked about the last broadcast, uh, which was sim- in similar time frame or Cannibal Holocaust, which goes way back when. I don't remember even hearing about this until just a couple of years ago. Uh, Paranormal Activity stole about half of everything it does from this movie. This movie, for its time and for what it was trying to do, is incredibly effective. Really, really impressively well done. Uh, I am also going four and a half on this one. I love this. Nice. Awesome. I'm so glad you finally got to see it. And I got so excited when you said that we would be doing it for the podcast. I was having a very bad day. I'd cried twice already. And I was like, oh, finally, something to live for. So I'm I'm happy. (laughs) Ghost watch. Ghost watch is the thing that keeps me going. Uh, uh, without further ado, should we just get into spoilers? Because it's yeah. from 1992. There's yeah, not, it's like, from, if you haven't seen it, it's on Shutter. Go check it yeah, out. It's, it's also it's, on uh, that Internet Archive uh, site that the government. Yeah, that's like, puts where I watched the... it, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's where I watched I, uh, it before it it hit Shutter. So I uh, we'll talk about that as well. But yeah, uh, I would strongly recommend you go check this one out before uh, before we get all spoilery on it. Uh, but uh, Michelle. Uh, yeah. Why don't you then go ahead and uh, break down uh, for for the genophiles out there? Uh, that genophile is probably not the word I want to use uh, for for the people they, who don't. They love being young. <laughs> no, no, I no, I no, I just uh, like no. They love Jenna. They love being. They love being Jennas. <laughs> we all love Jenna. Man. I, <laughs> Okay, I I will do a summary summarize the movie, please. Wow, I see what what just happened here is I have to this I have to stop picking on Jenna. It's not fair anymore because I can't oh. keep my own head straight. It's dumb. I say things like Jenna files, and then I I'm like, what the fuck? Am I? And now I said it again. Michelle, don't stop me. I'm I'm getting her a shirt that says that for her birthday now for sure. Hashtag Jenna file. Um, okay, so this was uh, it, it appeared to be a BBC broadcast where they were very uh, they were very British about it, <laughs> which I love. Um, but they they're like, hey, there's this uh, family and they're being terrorized, and it's Halloween, so we're just gonna do a, a live broadcast from the house and see if anything happens. And uh, they approach it very well in the case of like, well, we're not saying that things won't happen, but they're not outright making fun of it. It felt very realistic to this type of special. Um, it's the type of special that I would watch whether or not things actually happened. Um, so as they are watching, there is a uh, Dr. Lynn Pascoe in the uh, studio and she is helping field questions and phone calls that come in from viewers and as things are happening in the house they start getting more and more phone calls from viewers saying that weird things are happening at their own homes and I think that really sells it and we will get into that as well and at the end uh she gets crazy Michael Parkinson is the presenter he's alone now he's saying weird poetic shit the end <laughs> yeah I, I mean that uh Definitely gets the point across there, I think. Yeah, it's it's we're doing a live broadcast from this supposedly haunted house to see if we can spot any uh you know, it prefigures uh ghost hunting T V by by several years. Uh the idea of doing it as a live broadcast. Uh this was obviously produced 
uh, weeks before it actually aired, but produced to resemble a live broadcast. Uh, all of the presenters in here. Michael Parkinson is a, not a, not an actor. He was a TV presenter, right? He's a TV personality. Sarah, the reporter who's out at the house, she's a legitimate TV presenter and personality, right? So all of those people were uh, part of convincing the audience that this is real, right? These are people they would have no. It'd be like you know. Oh, we're gonna watch a TV thing with uh, I, I, I don't even know who's on the news anymore. In my day, it would have been like Dan Rather and Tom Brokaw or whatever. Walter but, you know, Cronkite. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> and it, that sort of thing. Um, just what the first thing I, I and we talked about this just a moment ago. The the first thing about this that just gets me is I can remember when the Blair Witch Project hit. Right, like it was. A massive thing. I was 19 years old. I was the perfect age, the perfect audience for it. It was an incredible phenomenon. And I remember how everybody was talking about how it's, oh, this this brand new thing nobody's ever done before. And then, of course, you had the pet ants who all had to come in and be like, well, actually, Cannibal Holocaust 19... Or they talked about this movie called The Last Broadcast, which I, I believe you've seen. We've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Uh, was it technically the first? No. Was it the one that broke through the concept to the massive audiences? Yes, it was. But what amazes me is I don't remember at that time ever hearing this. My first awareness of hearing about a thing from the BBC called Ghost Watch is about three years ago. I think even through the entire wave of found footage movies that we've been through now, I didn't know this existed until we watched that found footage phenomenon documentary for the show early mm -hmm. on in the in our run. Uh, and it blows me away that this wasn't part of the active conversation because this did so many things that you've seen other found footage movies do since then. 10, 15, 20 years before they were, they were, it's, it baffles me that I did not know about this until just recently. When did you first become aware of Ghostwatch uh, and, and, mm. and, uh, and how, like, when did you first see it? Yeah, I've known about Ghostwatch for a long time. I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I would say recently. And by that, I mean sometime within the last five years because I have no concept of time, but definitely not like 1992 when I was three years old. It's not something that like I was there for. So uh, I had seen it fairly recently, sometime in the last couple of years when I realized that I did have access to it on that internet archive site. Um, watching it the first time, I you know, this is one that you don't know a lot about it generally. Like you said, it it's not part of the conversation, even though it should be when we're talking about very realistic found footage that freaked people out and they thought was real. Um, and I had heard of it. I had it on my list, but it had been so long since I had heard of it that I didn't fully remember, like, this is the style of it. So even going into it in, like, the 2020 era... Um, I 
it took me a bit to be like, oh, right. This is staging a haunting. I thought it was like because they've been well and they they sell it so well that the host and the reporter are actually a host and reporter. They aren't acting. They're playing themselves and just being told, like, present this uh, as we give it to you. OK, yeah, I do that anyway. Um, So they they sell it so well that I was like, oh, right. This is just like a weird special that was on BBC that I wanted to see. And then, oh, wait, no, it's not. So they even got me a little bit of like. Right. I remember this is not this is not a real thing. This is not a, like a quirky special that was on. This is actually like a movie kind of. So, yeah, it's great. I love this. Yeah. Now, that's, uh, that does bring me to another thing, though, that I do want to talk about it here. Because obviously, uh, look, we don't need to talk about the, the movie. There are a couple of things specifically uh, about the movie as a production, uh, about an ex- in its execution mm-hmm. that I'm going to want to touch on. Uh, but this is a movie that it's especially, I, and I, I think maybe a lot of why it wasn't a big part of the conversation is maybe tied into that idea that like it was broadcast the one time and then never shown again, and it was almost impossible to find a copy of it for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, so that yep. might be why it, and also why it's come back into more discussion lately. Uh, but. Uh, so there was there was all this controversy about it, right? And I was reading on Wikipedia, and they're talking about uh, people. Uh, I think it said something about like uh, like a, a million calls to the BBC or something, some absurd number of calls to the BBC uh, from people, uh, and people who like there are two kinds of calls they were getting, and one of them I get, and one of them I, I kind of don't. Uh, like the people who are like. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing putting this on TV in prime time where, like, children and, like, because it's intense. Especially, uh, and something I'll I'll touch on in a bit, like, especially if you take it and you're able to put it in the context of it being a live broadcast in 1992. There's no fucking pause Mm -hmm. and rewind. There's no, like, you're in the heat of it and shit's coming and going and, like, you might not have seen something that somebody else happened to catch and now you're arguing with your friend. No, there was something that there was not. Like, I can see how this was so effective at the time and so people being like and like it starts talking about pedophilia and child molesting yeah. and, and child yeah. murder they start talking about how this guy hung himself from the doorknob and his cats ate his face like it's yep. pretty fucking intense for it so those kind of calls I understand. Like, I, I don't necessarily agree with the positions or whatever, but I get why they got those calls. I do want to talk about the people who thought this was real. Because, okay, I get it. These were real TV personalities, right? These were known uh, TV studios. Like, that's a real location. That, like, that's not a set. Uh, when they do, they're doing the shots outside that house. They're actually on location, recording that on a street. In like these are all real places. I get, but some of the performances in this, especially the children, God bless them, are so. There's so, like, it, this movie has a lot of moments that just say, acting, you know? It's like, there are, like, there, I, and I, I have to be fair. I am, of course, saying this, having seen this movie just for the first time in 2024, 
after having been exposed to a generation or more of movies that have come in its wake, right? I've seen a lot of things. Uh, I guess maybe even if I was like 10 or 12 at the time this was on TV, I could see how I might buy it, right? But I was thinking a lot about that and how I had heard like, oh man, like this is like like Orson Welles' uh, War of the Worlds, right? Like people thought it was a real thing going on and I'm just sitting there a lot of the time going like, Really? Really? But, you know, uh, so that part of it uh, I, I I had to contend with while I was watching. But that's not the, the production's fault, right? That's just, that's something about its legacy that I, I find interesting. I can definitely see, though, why people would have been, <laughs> like, if I was a parent in my seven year, like, this would have given me a nightmares at seven years old, and I would have been very upset that they put this on TV in the middle of the evening when my kids could see it. Um, I want to talk about, then, the movie itself and its effectiveness and how it works. Um, the special effects in here are very subtle, uh, but very, very well done, uh, how do you feel? You're the more uh, big into found footage and ghost stories as a general rule than I am. How do you feel like this played in those levels and what parts of it so far as the scares and the and, and that experience really worked for you? I love this because of the simplicity. And part of it is 1992. So you're bound by what you're technologically able to do. And that was not very much. So instead of trying to really force something, they kept it very simple. Um, I mean, one of the the big like early on scary moments they show was a the one the girls like actively doing it. So then you feel kind of dumb being like, oh, it was just a girl. It wasn't actually like anything. So they're relying on on that kind of thing. But that was so effective before you actually know where it's like her I can't remember if she's like pounding on the door. She's she's hitting something against a door. So they're they're doing that kind of kind of scare and it works. And I love it. I love that they keep it simple and uh they don't rely on a lot. They cut away at the best okay. moments instead of so trying to show you something. You saw all the ghosts in this, right? Yeah. But they're minimal. Right, but no, they're I near just the end. Yeah. I I no, there's ghosts throughout this entire movie, Michelle. Did you, you mean did like you... the ones that you just see hints of? Yeah, that like appear in the yeah. background in other parts of the film, right? Like, okay, so there's that. Here's where it all starts for me, right? Is there's okay. that sequence where their first caller is that lady, and she was like, "I'm pretty sure I saw the shape of a person standing uh, in the yep. in the back of that photo." And so they roll up the footage, and they roll the footage. And the first time they roll through it, when the lights go out, you can very clearly see the outline of a figure in the back there. But mm -hmm. the but Michael Parkinson, the presenter, denies it. Just flat out talks about it like it's not there. And so they rewind back, and then they play it again, and it's not there the second time. And then I was mm -hmm. like, all right, what the... And then there's a moment where it's almost there, and it's not there. And this is where, to be fair... I probably cheated a little bit because I said to myself immediately, I got to know if that fucker was in the back of the... And so I went oh, back wow. and I wound it back. You didn't have the option to do that in 1992. Right. And that would have driven me insane. I went, <laughs> it's not there, Michelle. 
the first yeah. time through, it's not there. And then they show it yep. to you, and then it's not there again, and it comes and goes in brief flashes in that way that, again, if you put yourself in the mentality of just people watching this at home, not able to do what I was able to do, like, I could just imagine, like, even if you knew this was just a movie, right? Like, this could have been, this would have been so much fun. Uh, I I love the like when they're listening to the the recording of the the demon voice coming out of the girl's body, and you just very vaguely see the apparition appeal behind doc the the doctor whatever her name was, and then fade back out. There are moments where they whip pan past a door or a window and there's nothing there, and then they pan back and there's a flash of it, and then they pan back again and it's not there it's such it's such incredible use of things that we were all told we didn't see for like like this is all part of why it blows me away that this is just recently getting talked about so much it is so effective like it looked at what was available to it as a fake video production in 1992 and it did so many things that you've seen so many other movies do now, and it did them every bit as well, if not better than most of them have ever done it. It was it's it's really impressive when you're able to take it in in its original context. It's funny because I think you and I um, are doing what people at home would have felt, where like I don't remember a part where they whip past a doorway and there was a figure there and I didn't see that. So there would have been people at home sitting there being like, did you see that? And then they whip yes. back and there's nothing. Right. And that's yes. great. But it's even if you genius. were watching this, yeah, even if you were watching this alone, they do that with the phone calls. And that I think without the phone calls, this would not have been as effective, but then you're kind of thinking, Am I along with these other people watching this? Am I going to start having things happen at my yes, house watching that this was... podcast? And that starts like before anything is like actually popping off in the house. And so you start like you might even be manifesting sounds in your own home, freaking yourself out so effectively. Also, it's the early 90s. Houses are fucking loud for no reason. They go creaky cracky <laughs> all the time because we didn't know how to build proper infrastructure or something like houses from like the 90s and earlier. My, my house is 80s and it's still like sometimes there's a sound. I'm like, ah, it's definitely a demon, but no, it's just an older house. <laughs> like, yeah, that, it, that's so genius. So, so brilliantly written and just conceived because you're right those people who are under the impression that like you just think about it in those layers right these people are under the impression that this is some sort of live broadcast of a thing that's actually happening now they've had those moments where they're arguing with each other about whether or not they saw something or not now all of a sudden you see there's they're getting phone calls which would be happening on a live show like this and some of those people are saying they saw something and others are saying they're not uh, it like the way this very cleverly uh, designed itself to manipulate the the television broadcast audience using techniques available to it. It's just 
absolutely genius. Now, I will say that for my tastes, I feel like it jumped the shark a little bit in the third act with the whole, like, oh, no, it's actually like a demon ritual for pipes to take over the entire world. Uh, and it gets all crazy with, like, like wind blowing in the in the studio and and shit. It, it got a little overboard for me. Uh, I was hoping the big climax would have more specifically to do with like maybe eventually actually seeing the ghost, something happening in the house between the ghost and the children uh, and the the mother, you know, or even the reporters, something along those lines. So just from a storytelling perspective, for me, I, I thought the end was a little a little too much, uh, but just overall incredibly effective, really well done. I agree with the ending, but I also think that it's probably good that they did it because all those people up to that point, believing that this is a hundred percent real might've needed that moment to be like, Oh, oh yeah, sure. this was a little too ridiculous. And then they roll credits. So I think at the time that probably was the way to go. Um, I would have actually loved this if they're just like, well, we're out of time. Sorry, everybody. And then turned <laughs> off the broadcast. Because I think that would have been the scariest ending if they were trying to freak people out. Um, and speaking of freaking people out, I famously do not have a long list of movies that scare me anymore. Growing up, yeah, sure. But at this point, like, not a lot of stuff shakes me. Uh that beginning part with the window and the figure and she's pointing out there's a man standing there something about that got under my skin watching this last night uh even though i'm like i know this is fake i've seen this before it's not like anything particularly special in what they're showing but just the illusion that i am seeing something that nobody else is seeing Oh, it just it it creeped me out pretty yeah. well. Um, yeah. it, it actually like got where I was like, oh, do I have to turn the lights on? I don't like this feeling right now. How on earth is this moment the one that's going to freak me out? Um, also, I uh, you mentioned the kids earlier. I don't usually like child acting and I actually enjoy them in this. Um, mm, okay. It felt kind of overacting, but to me, it felt like kids actively being a little more out there because there's a camera and there's parts where they're like, well, now I'm sleepy and I need to go to bed. And it's like, yeah, that's the kid being like, I'm over this whole thing. But then at <laughs> other parts, it's like, even if freaky shit's going on, they're like, oh, there's a camera here. I have to like do a silly dance because that's what kids do. <laughs> so like it actually felt pretty authentic to me how the children acted because I'm like, well, kids are going to be weirdos whenever there's a camera. It's like kids and dogs. You pull out a camera and they're just like, how do I act? Not normal. <laughs> You're not. You are not wrong. Uh, yeah. But no, this uh, this really I, I do want to pa- uh, uh, let everybody in on a, on a hilarious story. Uh, at least I thought it was hilarious. Uh, that relates to the fact that I got to that sequence with the 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 video with the shadow appearing and disappearing in the back and I was like I gotta go back and see if it was there and I just didn't notice it as I was doing that now my my brain is just like oh you got to keep an eye on everything right you got to keep an eye on everything and what had happened uh is at some point in there I forgot that part of the whole gimmick of this was that it was a live ghost hunting broadcast on Halloween 
And so when they first go outside the house, there's like a crowd of observers. And then right in the middle of them, way in the back, there's like a kid in a weird like pointy hat and like witch mask or something. But it's like way in the back off in the distance. And I just became obsessed with this person in the witch mask and the pointy hat. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, like, there was this gradual progression of shots where it got closer and closer. And I was like, what's what's about to happen here? And then they were like, they reminded you at some point in the dialogue that it was going on on Halloween. And then the kid in the mask and the pointy hat is just then in the movie at the like towards the very end with a kid in a devil costume. And man, did I feel dumb. Cool story, bro. I know. But <laughs> next time I watch this, I'm gonna actively just watch that kid though. Be like, mm, also, is that an apparition? How does no one else see him? I did not know that Dave Lister from Red Dwarf was in this. Have you seen Red Dwarf, Michelle? I don't think I've heard of that. Uh Red Dwarf I is a, a it's IMDb. a British it's a it's a British uh a sci fi TV show. Uh Craig Charles, the guy who was the the funny reporter who jumped out of the closet yep. with the mask on. Craig Charles plays Dave Lister uh, from Red Dwarf. So the gimmick of Red Dwarf is the Red Dwarf is an intergalactic mining ship. And uh, Dave Lister is a janitor. Uh, and then there's this guy, Arthur Rimmer, who's just like, he's like Cliff Clavin uh, as like a, like a space ensign. Like he's the low guy on the totem pole, but he imagines himself the boss. Anyway... Uh, Dave Lister sneaks a cat onto the ship and he gets caught with the cat and you can't have a cat. Uh, so he gets sentenced to spend the rest of the trip in, uh, uh, suspended animation. Uh, and the cat's supposed to stay with him. And then, uh, he's in suspended animation, but then there's a terrible accident and everybody on the ship dies. Uh, and he's stuck in suspended animation for like four million years. And then when he comes, when he finally comes out of the pod, the cat, who was not with him in the pod because it escaped, has now evolved into like a whole species of cat people living on the ship. And his only companion, Dave Lister's only companion four million years in the future, is the cat people and a hologram that's a replica of Arthur Rimmer because it's a replica of the last person who was alive on the ship or something. Anyway, that got way deeper than I wanted it to. It's fucking hilarious. It's called Red Dwarf. If you've never seen it, you should go see it. The grindcore band Carcass makes an appearance in one episode. It's pretty great. Wow, that was super... That was just a super boring ramble about Red Dwarf. No, it's... I did not... I've never heard of this. I had to go look it up. It's on Tubi, and god damn it, 74 episodes. Mm -hmm. If it was 20, I would be like, hell yeah, I'll watch that whole thing tonight. But that's, it's 12 years of a show. That's mm-hmm. going to be a commitment. It's a lot. I'll try. It's real good. I'll, I'll check out some. The problem is I'm a completionist. So if I watch one, I have to watch all 74, even if I don't like it. So I have to, I have to be in a mood for that. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, this Ghost Watch episode is now a Red Dwarf episode. Uh, I don't even remember exactly what led me to that. Oh, 
Uh, it was a thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, one thing I did love in this movie, just because it was one of the performances where I was just like, oh, acting, and it wasn't one of the children, because it was just so arch and so ridiculously rude. But when the American scientist is just like punching holes in all the ghost theories and he's just such a dickbag about it, that guy uh, who plays, his name is Colin Stinton, I guess. I don't know what else this dude might have done, but goddamn, I enjoyed every minute. He was just chewing scenery, just being a smarmy asshole. It was so rad. Oh, and then and then there's I hate that moment. People make fun of Americans. No, I'm kidding. Make fun of us. We're there's all, that we there's the that worst. moment where that lady calls in, and clearly they they prefigured these calls coming in uh, about people being mad because the movie was scaring their children, and the dude is just like, "Ma'am, I think you should probably turn the TV off and send your children to bed. Why do you have? Why are your children even watching television at this hour?" I was just like, "This is." What the like? How did did people actually talk to people like that on TV in in England at this time? BBC is that a thing you I did? I hope so. Uh, I, I guess maybe it was, but I was just like, that guy is such a dick right now, Michael Parkinson. Anyway, I want to check out more that was written by this guy who wrote this, Stephen Voke. I have not seen anything else. He only has fourteen things on his IMDb. Uh, one's a short, one's a podcast, so not a lot of stuff on here. But I want to see more because the more we talk about it, I'm like, man, that's so genius thinking ahead to to that kind of thing. So uh, like people calling in and yeah, I just I really really love this. It's, it's so really, well yeah, really well done, really effectively made. And again, especially uh, if you're able to put yourself in a headspace where you're trying to think about it and experience it as if you were watching it on live television in 1992. Uh, very, very, very effective. I really enjoyed this, and I, uh, I expect it is not the last time I will have seen it. Uh, also, I do want to say again, so it is available on Shudder. I watched the version that's available on the Internet Archive, and I, I, the one on the Internet Archive is not quite as high definition and pristine uh, as the one on Shudder, and I strongly recommend you watch. Like, if you can find a copy of this that's all, like, haggard, like an old, like, fifth-generation VHS copy, that's the way you should watch this. You should watch this... And the most haggard presentation you could possibly find. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, like, make a VHS copy of this and, like, artificially age it. And then just go around showing it to your friends. Just like, look at this weird fucking thing I found. They showed it on TV once and never again. What does the BBC have to hide? (laughs) Well, you know that it's fiction because there's no commercials. That's how you know that it's not real. (laughs) Well, not in the BBC. What do you know oh, about BBC British television, Michelle? Clearly nothing. Not a lot. No, I'm just a I, stupid American. I do want to point out, uh, because I'm Captain Pedantic, uh, the shutter description of this film uh, says, no warning indicated the special was scripted. Uh, but I would also like to point out immediately uh, that the uh, uh, Wikipedia makes it very clear uh, that, in fact, this program aired under the Screen One drama banner, very clearly indicating yep. that, yes, in fact, it was not real. 
So, yeah, but there was the, a warning. The argument against that is that uh, if you're flipping through the TV and you're not familiar with the schedule, knowing that this is when they show movies, because that was the thing that it, they would show a movie at that time slot. If you don't know that they're showing movies and you miss like anything in the beginning, that would indicate, holy shit, that's terrifying. And it was 1992. They didn't have incredibly... Uh, easy to locate tv guides they probably michelle? tuned in five minutes late to everything michelle in my defense i did make it very clear before i even made the argument that i was being very 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 pedantic it doesn't yeah, say i'm just remembering the 90s what I, all Those i'm saying is time. all i'm saying is if this had said only one brief warning indicated the the special was scripted i but it says very specifically no warning and well, maybe the people who wrote that was are from fact, the 90s, and so they can't fact check. This is, they don't have Wikipedia. This is why uh, sometimes Michelle doesn't like to do podcasts with me, is because sometimes I become Captain Pedantic. Uh, no, this Captain is, Pedantic? Guys, I would watch the shit out of that Captain show. Captain Pedantic? Oh my that would god, be, don't oh even talk man. about Red Dwarf. Captain Michelle, Pedantic, where he's we, just like correcting his oh, crew. Oh, <laughs> I need you to get your creativity on, and we need to start up a TikTok thing called Captain Pedantic that I will star in. The Captain. Oh Pedantic. my God! And the entire oh. thing—they don't go on adventures. They can't Michelle, even leave the bay. Michelle, oh stories God, yes. of stories of the Pedantic. I host trivia games out in the wild a couple of nights a week. I had a trivia game the other night. Uh, where the answer to one of the questions, uh, it was a question about the Russian space program. Uh, the answer was Sputnik 1, because much like, say, the Apollo and the Gemini programs in the United States, the Sputnik program had numerous different editions of the Sputnik program. Uh, and I asked people to tell me what the name of this one satellite was, and I asked them to be specific and it was Sputnik 1, and they all just said Sputnik, and I gave none of them points, and they got mad at me, and I, man. This is why I don't do trivia anymore. Because I'm a pet aunt? Either hosting or <laughs> attending. No, when I hosted trivia, I was like, uh, well, you're wrong, but also I don't attend trivia because I'm always wrong. People, I just well, hate trivia. I, it was, see, and now I imagine what's happening is people are like, wow, not only does JD tell really dumb, boring stories about things that he thinks are funny, he thinks those things are funny. I think it's funny. Michelle, I'm digging a but, hole. Help me. Yeah. Well, should we just call it good? We got we to gotta go know. record another episode. Go watch maybe. Ghost Watch, guys. We got a bunch of yeah. episodes coming up this month. I believe we got six episodes planned, and we're coming up on... 200 episodes coming up on two years of the podcast. Uh, man, it's pretty great. Want to say a big shout out to Sam for picking up that shirt from the T Public. Uh, if you w would like a We Watch Shutter shirt, we got a T Public. You can find a link for it on our, 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 our things. Yeah. Michelle, you I don't know like what's happening. eggs, go to the grocery store and buy one. I don't know what's happening in my brain right now, but I'm having real sort of, like, hitches. Well, we could just call it good then. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say? It just got real weird. Except I don't for, know why. Except for good night, JD? I started, uh, I started telling all those stories about being pedantic, and then I was like, oh, wow, these stories are going on way too long, 
and they're way too boring, and nobody thinks this is interesting but you, but you just can't stop, and now you're doing it again. I love inner, mon- I love inner monologues. Uh, yeah. F- yeah, but your inner monologue is supposed to stay inner, Michelle. That's why they call it an inner monologue. When it comes out like this, that's, a p- that's problems. It's been a while since we had a therapy episode. I think we're overdue. Oh, God. <laughs> Say goodnight, Michelle. <laughs> Good night, Michelle. <laughs> For more horror content, visit WeWatchShutter.com, where you'll find our world-famous patent-pending ghoul blog and squelch files, as well as a schedule of upcoming episodes. Find us on social media, at WeWatchShutter on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I guess Twitter, if you're still doing that for whatever reason. You can email us, mail at WeWatchShutter.com is the address, mail at WeWatchShutter.com. You can even call and leave us a voicemail, 701-566-9510. No, really, 701-566-9510. Give it a shot, see what happens. We Watch Shudder is a production of Rat Factory Media.